I'm Joel Lang. I'm the detailer here. Jeff Kuchenbecker in sales. Noel Bain in sales. Alright, we'll start off with uh, something that's going to happen uh, rather quickly. Uh, what do you think about Corvette or Chevrolet switching to a mid-engine for the first time? Uh, I like it, personally. I think it's innovative and the whole spirit of the Corvette is to try to compete with those uh, Italian supercars and you know they've all been mid-engine since whenever. I mean Ferrari's had F40s of mid-engine since like the late 80s so I mean we're kind of late to the game. I think the technology's developed enough that it's a good idea and I think they're going to blow everybody out of the water. I would disagree a little bit. I'm kind of from the old school. Obviously with what we do, we sell old cars every day. Noel will probably go with me on this. We love the old Fords, the flatheads, and this and that. Um, it's all about tradition, man. The Corvette, uh, the tradition, it's always been a front-engine car. It's always been a V8 car, except for that first year they had an inline six. Um, also, they were expensive, but they weren't out of reach for the average Joe. Now, if uh, the, from what I've heard, I haven't seen anything, but they're going to be 180000 plus. I mean, that's more than the average Joe's house. So you're taking the hobbyist out of it, and it's going to elite. I get it. I know they have to do it. I know they need a mid-engine for the competition, this and that. We're in the modern horsepower craze, supercar craze, whatever you want to say. But I still think they need to keep that base Corvette going and do a specialty thing, almost like Ford does with the Ford GT, but they still have that Mustang run going. That's my opinion. I know if, uh, Chevrolet played with in the past. I want to say there's a Corvette car that was in the mid-70s that was a concept with the mid-engine. Then they did it again uh, a couple times with the Corvette Indy in the um, late 80s as well, too. So they've been playing with it for a while. It'll be just interesting to see how, uh, you know, how it turns up, how the car is uh, received by the public. But, uh, yeah, it's going away from tradition with the Corvette. So my thing is I hope Chevy has a uh, marketing strategy and plan in mind into, you know, making the car more received. Because it's, it is a drastic deviation from the original formula for the car. You're talking, getting close to, what, 70 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Next question. I know this one kind of hits home with Jeff a little bit. Should you LS swap everything? <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll start with Jeff on this one. All right, the good old LS engine debate. Once again, I'm kind of the old way of going with things. I know they're cool. Um, granted, the technology of an LS motor now is over 20 years old. They came out in 1997 in a Corvette. Um, so an LS1. It's not much different than a small block anymore. Street rods, I think it's cool. I don't think putting LSs in Chevelles, Camaros, this and that, resto modern them, yeah, I'm a big block guy. I'm, I'm carburation, man. That's just, that's just who I am, I like it. But I'm not saying it isn't cool. It's one of those things, you can turn the key and go, and there's less and less technicians out there that know what or how to work on a carburetor. And so it's one of those things, and 
granted we have a tech we have service technicians here that can do it and we'll be doing it for years but i'm not quite there putting ls on everything okay joel uh i agree but i mean just for me i'm kind of a purist when it comes to old cars i think ls swapping newer cars can be cool it kind of depends on what it is but like i see stuff on instagram people ls swapping like 70s and 80s Porsches and that just makes me want to puke. I can't I can't do that. I just it, it can't be everything. It can't be everything, you know, like there has to be limitations For me, it's just like my head spins every time I hear LS swap. I know it's popular I'm from the era of the LT1 and the LT4. What <laughs> happened to those mores? Those <laughs> That's where it's at, you know they're easy, you know, a lot less computers. Uh, they're tried and true, and it's 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 more originality with the LT1 or LT4. And essentially, it's a 350. I mm. I'm for if I had to do a Chevy swap, it would be LT1, LT4 all day long. Right, and the hard part is with the LT1, LT4s. Once again, that's old technology. The computers and stuff are going away. There isn't any downloads or upgrades for it. Any, that's kind of disappearing a little bit. So that's why people are going with the LSs. I mean, it's street rods. I get it. Other than that, yeah. But it, it, you know, it just kind of takes away the whole street rod thing. You know, pretty soon you're gonna see people with uh, little laptops or phone apps trying to uh, dial in their cars and stuff, and it's. You know, you're it's having. Coming, man. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's, you know, you might as well just do the simulation on a video game or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's getting to a point where people are afraid to get their finger, you know, their hands dirty and stuff. Mm. You know, they don't want to mess up their manicured nails. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I like your point. Good. <laughs> um, okay, here is uh, this one has a question and a sub question, depending on what your answer is. Now. They're obviously with the classic car business, you know, purists, keeping everything completely stock and actually modding it, rest of mod, aftermarket parts, right? So the question is this, how many aftermarket parts does it take to be considered not original, in your opinion? We'll start with Noel. For me, it depends on what's done to the car. You know, if you set your car up with uh, to revolve around your little cell phone, then you've lost it. So if you're putting a big old screen in there, Apple, your car's gotta have Apple CarPlay, you gotta have heated seats in it, you gotta have Bluetooth, and and anything, you know, all the other uh, creature comforts, blind spot assist, and I actually seen it on a hot rod, someone put blind spot assist, you might as well just go out and go buy a, you know, a Lexus or get a, uh, Honda S2000 or something like that. You're missing the point with the whole thing with the hot rod. Number one for me with mine, I put the phone in the glove box. I don't want to be bothered. It's all about the drive. It's all about being one with the car. And it's just with the less technology, you know, I understand you, you want to make it your own. But there's to a point where you need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop. Great point. <laughs> Joel, follow up. Um, for me, I think it's mostly like powertrain where cars start to get away from being stuck. 
Like, you can do stuff to the outside, you know, a lot of these cars don't have stock paint, you know, that... There are purists out there that want everything pure down to the paint they want, like the headlight bezels, all original, all the stuff like that. For me personally, it's... If you're doing a lot of upgrading to like the motor, the drivetrain, suspension, stuff like that, that's where it starts to get away from being stock for me. But I mean, go crazy with aesthetics, I think that's fine. Good counterpoint. We all right. Yeah. Um, that one's a loaded question. I, the hairs on the back of my neck almost stand up sometimes when people say, "Is the car original?" My opinion, perception of original—that's what it came from the factory with. Now there's replacement parts that are engineered and built to stock specs, so the car is still stock, but it's not original. Um, that's where it gets a little tricky. You know, people are like, well, so it's all original. No, I didn't say that. It's restored to stock. Um, I, I think there's two big differences there. And then there's also the resto mods. Um, there's improvements to a car that you can still keep the integrity and the stock of it. Let's say you upgrade it to disc brakes, but you aren't changing the stance and suspension per se. That's just making it more drivable, enjoyable, safe for the road. Some of these old, you know, Fords and things like that, granted the Buick drum brakes back in the 50s, probably better than disc. Those things were awesome, um, but uh, yeah, I guess this, it, that's a tough question to say. I mean, we did a 57 Buick Century here that we restored, put two inch drops on it and different wheels. It was stock, but the wheels, but the thing didn't look stock. And so, to each their own. Um, I, I came from the Harley background. You make them your own, man. This is what it is. You do what you want to do to your car. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's a good point. Um, so, hmm. Movie? Hmm? Movie? Oh, yeah, we can just start with Game Y. Yeah. Alright, we'll uh, start with Joel since you haven't started in a while. Alright, my favorite car movie, I have to say, is like the first three Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know there's a couple like I got a few runners up like I think Smokey and the Bandit is good Dukes of Hazard is great I even like the remake with Johnny Knoxville I thought that was great it's just it's my generation you know Fast and Furious is what I grew up on I probably watched Too Fast Too Furious like a hundred times in the back of my minivan when I was like a little kid it's just it was funny I mean I just you laughed at it there wasn't all those cars are just so ridiculous that they only belong in movies, really. I think that's what made it what it was. Wow, movies. There's a lot of them. I'm just gonna go from my era since we're in the quote unquote green room. I gotta say Days of Confused. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's all kinds of muscle cars and C10 pickups. Um, cool, I mean, granted, I still appreciate Grease, American Graffiti. Um, Fast and Furious, I think those are cool too. I mean, it's just all the different generations. They kind of mashed everything together with them. So I got to give Joel a little bit on that too. My favorite's going to always be the original God in 60 Seconds. Uh, Toby Hallecky, the Car Crash King, the original Eleanor. They only used one car uh, for one Mustang through for all the stunts. That Mustang, after all that abuse, is still drivable today. Um, it's, I believe it's in a museum or in a collection, but starts up, gets its oil change. Um, you couldn't get any more real than that. Real accidents, 
no CGI and nothing, Every, everything. And, and there was a lot of stuff that wasn't even planned that happened in the movie. It was just raw horsepower, accidents. <laughs> Not so much on the drama and stuff, but it gets you going. That's gotta be my all-time favorite. So in this question, it's kind of like, when you hear the word classic car, is there a specific drop-off date? And then if there is, how far forward do you think it stops being? Yeah, I want to understand the question. Yeah. No, I'm My thing on classic, I look at is 50s on down. Stuff you don't see every day. Uh, beautiful lines. Yeah, there's there's certain cars in the 60s and you're starting to see more in the 70s uh, that are coming into that classic. But my thing is something you don't see every day. Uh, just beautiful lines. It's a car that just, you know, pulls out emotions when you're just looking at it. Um, but obviously, the you know, the other factors have to do with, uh, you know, how many of them are still left, what the value is on them. You know, there's some cars that you know, I think are beautiful that don't get the time of day, um, whether it's in the shows, um, you know, their values and so forth, and it's kind of sad, but um, everybody has their uh, idea what, you know, what is, you know, what constitutes a, you know, classic car. I have mine. I'm. I'm very, you know, you know, mine's more so visual, visual and how you, you know, what kind of motion it pulls out of you and, you know, how you feel behind the wheel of it. Jeff, you want to point? Classic car. I don't know if there's a fine line that you can draw on the generation, um, whether it's a 55 or a 57 or an 87 or a 92. Um, I think there's cars out there right now that are being produced that are going to be quote unquote, I don't want to steal a movie tag, but instant classics. I mean, you look at 1987, the square bodies are getting into that now, square body trucks. But for a long time, it's been considered a classic in my eyes, 87 Buick Grand National or the GNX. Um, there's just, it's a cool car. Now, at the same time, there's cars, you know, like the 78 Corvette. It's a classic car. The silver anniversary, this, that, whatever. Um, you get into the 2000s, the 2003 Corvette, the 50th anniversary Corvette. They're probably one of the most desirable C5s that are out there still. They're holding their value betters. That car, in my opinion, is a classic, though. You know, um, you got the you know 05 Chevy SSR. I just sold one last week. Um, that was pretty much an instant classic. That's a modern street rod. Going back to the LS swap and this and that. There's your street rod. You're good to go, then it's all original. Um, it's hard to determine. Now, at the same time, there's the, the Chevette <laughs> in the 80s. Noel sent a meme last week, you know, little beige Chevette with prints on there. Um, yeah. That car's never going to be a classic. I don't care if it's 70 years old, it's not going to be a classic. That's the modern, <laughs> sorry people, Rambler. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah. I don't think you can define a classic by the age of the car or the era of the car, in my opinion. Now, at the same time, there are, I know there's lines that were drawn pre-war cars. You know, you got your lead sleds, and I mean, there's different, yeah, I don't know what the exact word is, but it's just one of those things. I don't know if you can define what a classic is, and each person has a different opinion. 
So for me personally, I was thinking about this. I think about where I draw the line is like late 80s if I have to draw a line. Because you know, we have that 90 Fox body out there. I don't consider that a classic car. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just I don't consider that a classic car. But those square body Chevys, I consider those classics and they came like two, three years before. You know what I mean? I think there's... Mm -hmm. If you can put a line, for me, that is the line. Because I think 90 on up, those are cars I've seen my whole life. I mean, I was born in 1998. You know what I mean? I haven't seen a lot. I'm not gonna so like a typhoon? I would consider a typhoon a classic car. Okay, it was 92. Really that's why I'm checking. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, I think there's like, it's gotta be around that time. I don't think there's like a set thing, but I think that's kind of, for me, that's where it transitions. I don't consider like 90s Corvettes classic cars. I don't like those C5s. I don't really consider those classic cars. It's just, I grew up with those. Like, those are what I saw when I was young, and I don't really think I'm that old. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I just, I don't really see it. But, you know, the, like you said, like the Grand Nationals, those are classic cars. They are. Like, it's just, drawing a line is hard. But if I had to pick, it's got to be like, you know, like 90 to like 92, like you're starting to get away from it there. Okay. Uh, closing statements, is there anything that you've heard with each other, obviously through the previous questions, that you kind of just want to be like, okay, but, or are you all in agreement on everything? Um, I don't think we're in agreement on everything. <laughs> no. you, you got a few different generations here. Yep. Early 90s, graduated from high school, late 90s. Yeah. Um, anyways, I don't know. Anyways, so I mean, you're, you're gonna see values now. If you get old Wimpy in here and ask him the same questions, he's gonna have a totally different opinion, and that'd be a good guy to get in here to argue with this stuff. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty open minded, everybody's entitled to their own opinions. Um, but uh, I don't think we completely agree or disagree. Okay. Kind of a white, white zone yeah. that you're kind of all... I'm going gonna, gonna to be a politician on this one. <laughs> yeah. okay. Sounds good. Sounds about right. I'm Joel. I'm the detailer here. I'm Jeff. I'm in sales. I just got to throw one thing out. Make some comments of what you guys want to see and hear in these videos. I mean, we want to try to involve and make them entertaining as well. You don't want to just be seeing someone talking to a camera. Now, I'm Noel, and I'm in, I'm in sales, and look for us at www.uniqueclassiccars.com. That's a wrap. Nice job, everybody. Look at the test run we did pretty good. <laughs> I don't think that's bad at all. Good enough, we're smart enough, and doggone it, people like us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>